Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to trim your bush. <laughs> That's right. It's grunt work. I meant George Bush. Oh, okay. He needs a haircut. Welcome to Grunt Work, everybody, your podcast about the TV show Home Improvement. I'm Landon, baby, you can drive my car, Solano, <laughs> joined always by my co-host, Truman, beep, 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 yeah, caps. <laughs> Truman, how uh, how you doing today? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I've got very few complaints about most things in life. I mean, do we want to discuss... <laughs> well, you are, are very opposite sides of the spectrum. Well, you're right. Actually, you know, I have many complaints about a lot of things happening in the world as far as, like... As as far as today, I yeah. ate a kimchi burrito, yeah, and I'm sitting here with you talking about home improvement, so I got no complaints about that. Pretty pretty uh, gold standard day. Yeah, happy Easter, he is risen, etc., etc. Oh, that's right, we are recording this on Easter uh, Sunday. Uh, not a, a terribly important holiday to me. Yeah, or, or to me, really, not a thing that I'm into. <laughs> also, my favorite thing about today being Easter is that today is also April Fool's Day, and I yeah. feel like the Easter shit is kind of doling all of the <laughs> April Fool's Day shit. And, and like it's a uh, full moon oh. today. So that means we have an excuse to go out and do crazy shit as much as we want? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, the the thing that has been on my mind, and, and please stop me if this has also been on your mind, okay. has been... Stop! It's on my mind. That's your safe word? Let me guess. Roseanne. It's Roseanne. You knew it. Ding, 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 ding. Yay, I, did, I won the slot machine of the 90s TV shows we yeah. want to talk about. Well, this uh, this episode that you're listening to right now in your ears. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what orifice they're listening okay, to this show fair, with. Yeah. If you absorb your content through your skin. Uh, l- listen, listen. if you are soaking tampons in this show and sticking them up your butt to absorb them faster, I'm not going to tell you not to, but don't sue us if you get grunt work poisoning. <laughs> we're not going to tell you how to live your life, but you know we're also not going to judge you for the choices that that you make exactly, exactly. Um, but unlike the, Roseanne Barr their premiere has come out their uh, second episode has come out not for us but for you listeners it has so take that for what it is but, but yeah no spoilers don't tell us what happened <laughs> on it but it's interesting because um, the the premiere of it shattered uh, like expectations in terms I don't know if it shattered records but it right. shattered expectations for what they thought the the viewage viewage is that the viewage <laughs> viewage it's like uh, now, all Landon, the viewers I, that come uh, from the sewers I do believe that uh, viewership is the word you're <laughs> looking for there how am I going to get into Webster's if I can't just start inventing new words I th- well look it's that everyone else buys into the words that yeah. you're making so hey you know, let's all just start saying viewage, viewage. And, and give Landon his dream of please <laughs> Well, you put it like that, we're not going to do it. <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, it was like 18 to 20 million people a watched lot it. Of that people. is a fuck bunch of people. And they've already uh, given the green light for a season two. Yeah. Uh, based purely just on the viewership, the viewage of the first episode. <laughs> well, when, when, when 20 million people in this stratified media environment sit down to watch the same show at the same time yeah, on old on school broad, network yeah, exactly. TV, that's mm-hmm. big. That's a huge thing. You, and I don't know if those numbers that they threw out have anything to do, uh, if they include the the like Hulu numbers for the next day or what, Yeah, uh, if they do include the streaming stuff or ABC network uh, streaming. Those numbers, I, I don't think it does. I think that's just live Nielsen live, wow. ratings. So that means that that number is only going to get juiced 
like once all of the yeah, other right. the DVR folks and the Hulu folks and the cord cutters yeah. and and all the other TV buzzwords that I could toss out <laughs> get involved. Uh, but this our show isn't a, a Roseanne show; it's a home improvement show. So why are we bringing this up? We're bringing this up because what is Roseanne? It was a popular '90s TV show uh, <laughs> that everybody had a lot of fond memories of. Uh-huh. But then. Uh, got renewed and everyone was like, how's this going to work out? Will people like it? Will people not like it? Oh, mm-hmm. 20 million people lo- watched it and it's getting loads yeah. of buzz. So, And, it, and what do studios want to do when they have a success on their hands in one capacity? Well, what studios do when, when something's been very successful is they say, wow, it's good that was successful. Let's not try and repeat that because <laughs> we definitely don't want to burn people out on the same idea, which is why there was only one Pirates of the Caribbean movie, <laughs> only one Transformer. Why the DC uh, universe doesn't exist. Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, I really loved Iron Man. I wish they would make more movies about characters from that Marvel, <laughs> let's call it a cinematic universe. Um, <laughs> and scene. And scene. Uh, they've already, like, within 24 hours of the, the premiere of Roseanne, there were already news headlines about um, a potential. Now, they called it a reboot. Um, but I see it just as a continuation or the the finalization of uh, Last Man Standing. Right now, as of uh, the recording of this, they're talking about it being um, revamped on Fox instead of ABC. Oh, well, yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I have to imagine that uh, home improvement has to be bandied about uh in the the executive offices right now i I just given that the i mean i i can i think that what's going to happen is they're going to run the same play that abc ran with uh with roseanne which is it's like okay we're gonna take the 90s thing and make it a 21st century thing with the same characters and see what they've been up Mm -hmm. to and what they think in this new world home improvement is a show that is primarily about gender dynamics gender dynamics are kind of a thing we're talking about a lot these days Tim Allen wants to do it. It seems really likely to me that that this is the sort of thing that would, like, the next move that makes sense is to bring back home improvement because mm-hmm. it seems like, uh, you know, people are talking about it. Cast members, some, some cast members are interested in it. Yeah. And if the money's there and if everything's right, I mean, they got they got John Goodman to come back for right. Roseanne. And John Goodman exactly. has more going on than certain other people from certain other shows. Most other people in Hollywood because I feel like he's in about five or six movies a year. Yeah, I know. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's I think it's pretty exciting uh, the the fact that I mean, certainly for us as two people who are who spend a lot of their lives <laughs> thinking and talking about home improvement that we are in an environment yes. now where it is certainly more likely than it was a month ago that home improvement yeah, could get right. brought back. Obviously, every executive at every network is now looking at what shows from the '90s could we bring back. Mm-hmm. And to that end, I just like to to just say one other quick thing before we get started. Frasier, Frasier. Frasier, I want my Frasier, give me Frasier. I pay taxes, uh, I recycle, um, <laughs> I, I respect women, you know, uh, Frasier, give me Frasier. I just want Frasier, give me yeah, Frasier. That's the first episode, they're at a funeral for Marty Crane, and then that's what brings them all back together, and then give me 13 new episodes of Frasier. I've been good, I've been very good. He has, I can vouch for that. I've been a good boy, I want Frasier. Just give me, fr- I have so little in this world, <laughs> I, I, although I've, in fact I feel like I have a, you know, I feel very blessed, but I feel even more blessed I want Frasier. And then, Black Cheers. I want Black Cheers. Oh, wow. Yeah, do it. Okay. Frasier and Black Cheers. And then, if there's time, News Radio. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've got a lot of demands. I do have a lot of demands. I mean, and- you're asking Maureen Binford to split her time between Tool Time 
and uh, news radio. Yeah, and you know, I I actually I also uh, want a sixth season of The Wire since we're rebooting things. So then that's also <laughs> going to that's also going to come back on Amy Ryan, and she's going to have to take yes. time away from being Jill's sister. <laughs> I don't think she's going to be appearing on the show anymore. So she's got the she's got some free time to yeah. go and do The Wire. Well, they're also talking about bringing back The Office now, which also has Amy Ryan. So if anything, oh, geez, a- oh, Pete's. Yeah, Amy Ryan is going to be uh, laughing all the way to the bank. And <laughs> as an as an avowed fan of The Office, I am very much against them bringing. The Office back because it was already on for too damn long. Yeah, in the agreed. First place. Yeah, and it hasn't been off long enough. No, it, yeah, exactly. It's been off. I feel like we blinked, and now they're already talking about bringing it back. It's like how American Idol ended for for six and a half minutes and then came back on another. Yeah, show with exactly. The same people. Yeah. Um. But let's let's get into. Let's not waste any more time. Can you believe? If you had to guess what we did this week, what would you what would you guess that we did? Uh, we went and uh, volunteered at a soup kitchen using our time to do something that was actually beneficial to the community. That's right. We watched an episode of Home Improvement. Yes, and <laughs> at the soup kitchen with a bunch of very hungry homeless people. We are prepared to talk about it. Yes. Um, Truman, do you have a synopsis for us? You know, Landon, I could be coy. I could make jokes. I could pretend like I didn't write a synopsis, but I did write a synopsis, and in fact, here it is. So Tim is on the verge of finally starting the engine on the hot rod that he's been building for more than a year. But now, he's spending so much time in the garage working on it that he's neglected all the other household chores that Jill needs him to take care of. When Tim procrastinates for too long, Jill finally hires a repairman, which infuriates Tim as it challenges his authority as the tool man. Now, when Wilson reminds Tim of one of his own quotes, what every job has in common is that it must be done and it must be done well, Tim resolves to do better at fixing things around the house and helps teach Jill some home improvement skills of her own. Meanwhile, it's Lawn Week on Tool Time, where Tim and Al get into trouble when they accidentally behead a guest's topiary flamingo. <laughs> and uh, and now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> and knowing is half the battle. Yes. Um, so if you had to guess, if you had to venture a, a guess... You're asking a lot of questions. You're using the Socratic method on this podcast. <laughs> As to what the title of this episode would be, what would you venture? Well, I'm glad you asked. I have a few options. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, vis-a-vis uh, Lawn Week on Tool Time. Yeah. Hedging Your Bets. Ooh. Nice uh, one. Vis-a-vis the uh, Hot Rod, Start Me Up. Little Rolling Stones. I appreciate that. To, one of my favorite bands. In regards to Tim not doing chores around the house. Chore money, chore problems. <laughs> which, uh, a play on the mo money, mo problems, which we did, uh, uh, Maureen yeah. mo problems. Yeah, okay, I, I have a very limited set of, of things that I can reference. <laughs> uh, in, in All re- of them are Damon Wayans vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> basically, basically, we'll get ready for this. Uh, so in regards to the ice maker being broken, ice ice baby, and then uh, <laughs> last of all, this is probably definitely the one that it is, spare the hot rod, spoil the chores. I don't even know what that's referencing. I, like spare the rod, spoil the child. It, I don't. I don't know what that is. I've that, never that, heard that phrase. That saying. Okay, here's what that saying means. If you don't beat your child with a rod, uh, then you will spoil the child, and they'll be bad. So basically, that saying is is saying beat your kids, and that's why we have millennials now. Yeah, exactly. Because we're not. Cause we we're not beating, beating them. kids. Yeah, seriously. Irony alert. We we don't promote beating children here. You know, I, I didn't get beaten, and somehow I turned out to be the co-host of a very successful home improvement <laughs> podcast, so I'm doing just fine. Thanks, Mom and Dad. There you go. For not beating me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this was an episode of Home Improvement. Yeah, and it was called Birth of a Hot Rod. Birth of a Hot Rod? Eh.
It's like Birth of a Nation, maybe. Uh, I, without the racist undertones, overtones. I, don't I, know. I get. Yeah, they were overtones. <laughs> they were not. There was not a lot of subtlety to that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's I another mean, on the nose one. And it's and as episodes go, not the best. Like you know, I feel like it might be a little more fitting if the whole crux of the episode was about starting the hot rod, but it really is just kind of a, a small underpinning of, of what's going on here. Uh, once again, they they picked like three things and said, let's make the episode about all of them. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of about lawn care, and it's kind of about Tim being so hung up on making a hot rod that he's not he's, actually improving his home. He's neglecting the other, the other things that are going on. How'd you feel about this episode? Uh, you know, eh, I give it like a B- to a C+. Like, okay. it's not uh, It's not bad. It's just... And it's certainly not, it's not an episode where just things kind of happen. Like there is, they were trying for a plot with it. I think it was just unfocused. I, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I would have liked to have seen, because I think we've talked before about how the show is called Home Improvement, but Tim is really almost more than home care. He is equally, if not more so, obsessed with cars and engines. And kind of how Tim has this whole automotive bent to him. So the big thrust of this episode is, Tim, you don't want to... Jill challenges him on this early on, and I thought this is what the episode would be. Tim, you're not interested in any project that isn't going to be fun for you. If you can't add more power to it... You don't want to do it, so he's not. He doesn't want to fix the burner. He doesn't yeah. want to fix the doorknob because that's just a simple thing. And that's consistent throughout this episode. But they don't go too deep into that. And I, I do wish. I mean, I, I guess we have six more seasons to go through. But um, yeah, I, I do kind of wish that they had chosen that as the issue and then dug deeper into it as opposed to spreading it over a couple different things. Yes, spreading it like so much manure, which was part of uh, the uh, tool time segment. Yes, salute the fertilizer. Now, if ever there was a time for a sound when they do the salute, that would be it. Well, the is lubricant, and apparently fertilizer is cows. Yeah. I think we got to, there uh, already as we're talking about the salute to fertilizer I'm remembering stuff that we need to discuss. Are you how did you feel about this episode before we jump uh, in? I I agree with you and we are in agreement. God, <laughs> dude, this is just <laughs> it's it is it's I wouldn't call it a filler episode. It's certainly Don't not Don't call it a filler. <laughs> I've been here for years. <laughs> it's it's not a strong episode but it's not a bad episode in in the vein of like dances with tools uh that kind of like got on, on my nerves a little bit yeah it's just kind of an uh, unmemorable one yeah tim and joel's problem never really gets that out of control and the solution to the problem that wilson offers is pretty much saying hey tim do work around the house and tim going okay and then he does so it's just wilson telling him the thing his wife has been telling him for weeks <laughs> yes but Okay, well, let's go into the deep dive, because I, yeah. I do have an issue with what you just said. Okay. Well, oh, excellent. Fine. <laughs> I don't agree out. on. Um, we start in the garage. Yes. Which is, uh, the hot rod finally has its engine. Yeah. Uh, this chrome-plated, you know, Tim, at the end of this episode, starts going through all the different parts of the hot rod that were have come from different places in the nation, and uh, you could tell that they, they've they really assembled something here, because it's, you know, they it's, it's almost like hot rod porn. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit. They start on, like, the gleaming chrome of the, the new piston chassis is are were those pistons or is that just the engine what's what is how does a car work i okay i'm i my deal is correcting you on grammar oh. and pretending to be fraser i'm not the guy who can correct you on mechanics so stuff. i'm correct in assuming that you just 
bust your feet through the bottom of it and move your car. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you have <laughs> Flintstone to, style. You have to yell yabba dabba do. Yabba dabba do. It's not real if you don't yell yabba dabba do. <laughs> but that's why his hot rod doesn't have a, a floor on the, the thing because he, <laughs> oh, yeah. he has to move it with his feet. Uh, well, the no, engine is really just for sound effect. Yeah, noise. It's, yeah. It's just to sell, look, the, sell the effect a bit. It's actually to add more weight to the car so you get a better calf workout. Mm, and by season mm-hmm. six, they all have calves that you could bounce a quarter <laughs> off of. <laughs> Their calves are like the the Popeye equivalent. <laughs> They're like. <laughs> Yeah, they, they both stand, they both do a handstand and then they flex their uh, their calves and like battleships come out of them. Uh, no, no, of course, we are only joking. The reason that there's not a bottom on the on the hot rod is they want to put a glass bottom in there so that they can do tours of Detroit looking at the pavement as they drive around. <laughs> this is where Jimmy Hoffa is buried underneath this concrete. And here you see some more heroin needles and over here heroin needles. <laughs> Take that, Detroit. Oh, Boom. man. Taking you down a peg. The grunt creep also rolls in here on his, uh, he's got two little wheels. And, you know, I'm thinking about, this is the first time we've seen the grunt creep actually with uh, appendages, I would Mm -hmm. say. He hasn't grown his legs yet, but I like this idea that he's basically the first Transformer. He starts out (laughs) with wheels, and then he will eventually grow legs. Maybe, maybe this is, maybe the the grunt creep is like a a Transformer or Mr. Potato Head, where, like, he goes into... (laughs) wide range, He goes into the oil drum with all the transitions, and he can just kind of uh, take appendages (laughs) off of the transitions and and make himself into whatever he wants. So he took the, he took the wheels off of that woman driving a car transition from season one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I just like the idea that the next Transformers movie is going to have Optimus Prime battling Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> hey, they're both Hasbro. Uh, exactly, exactly. Uh, so Tim and the boys are out there in the garage trying mm-hmm. to start the Mark's hot rod. Not there, oh, Mark is not. Even it's though just, it's Brad and Randy, which is which is fitting because we were theorizing for so long that Mark was the only one building the hot rod, while everyone else was off having girlfriends and having <laughs> sex. Uh, but so they're out there in, and they're trying to turn on the hot rod for the first time. And Tim is turning the key, but the engine just won't turn over. It right. won't happen. Uh, and Randy th- gives him a little bit of crap for this. Yeah, like I don't know, I, I don't know what the problem is. It could be the this thing, it could be the this thing. And Randy says, or could it be you? <laughs> Tim goes inside to get a drink, and Jill is trapped outside trying to get in from the backyard because the doorknob is broken that mm-hmm. Tim has failed to fix. And Tim is telling her, like, oh, you got to lift it and turn it up and then pull it back, but then push yeah. forward and add a little extra pressure. And sh- <laughs> have you ever been like I, I my bathroom door uh, sticks because it's warped uh, yeah. from being a building from the 60s. But um, <laughs> have you ever been at a place where there's like a trick to open a door? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, uh, th- my place is yeah. one of those places. Our front door will periodically swell depending on what the weather is doing. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, oh, you've got to like. You've got to lift the doorknob and then slam your entire shoulder against the door to get it to close. <laughs> uh, you know, one of our one of our locks we can't use for various reasons. Well, mm-hmm. now I'm just talking about everything that's wrong. No, sorry. I actually tried to convince somebody that I was a tech- technomancer <laughs> at one point because I knew this trick to open this uh, locked gate <laughs> that was just a matter of like turning the knob and then lifting and then pulling. Um, but it, it looked like I could just open a locked door without doing much. <laughs> Um, and they had no idea how, how I did it. When we recorded a couple weeks ago at my uh, friend's classy downtown apartment, our uh, guest host, Sam, managed to get herself locked in the bathroom. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And so, like a total baller, I went with my Metro card and used it to jimmy open the lock <laughs> and save the day, I was basically. very impressed that, that that worked. I, I was, yeah, you know, I didn't want to brag about it on that week's episode because Sam probably would have come in and, and undercut me. But now yeah. that she's not here and can't defend exactly. herself. Exactly. She'll only yell at us through text and we can, uh, we can manage capital letters for Yes. Oh, totally, totally. Sam, we love you. Um, uh, 
uh, part-time superhero in, in, in theaters now. Is it? Wow, she really skyrocketed. Oh, I know. Man, podcasts are big now. This is the thing. <laughs> um, so they they go through this rigmarole with the, the doorknob. Uh, Jill comes inside, and then she starts talking about um, <laughs> how he keeps putting things off and how... You know, they start fussing with the doorknob in, in this argument, and it, like, breaks off. And she's like, I asked you to fix that weeks ago. Uh, and then what about the ice dispenser? And then this is where she goes into the whole thing of, like, you don't want to do anything unless it's... And then she goes into this impression of Tim. She puts on his tool belt. And uh, it's kind of fantastic. What? I mean, she, she's just walking around going, do, you know, this, is, this is what you're like when you try to fix something. Oh, yeah, I got to fix that doorknob. Uh, better look at it for a few hours and think. Oh, and she, she tries to grunt, and Tim's like, yeah. you got to put some soul into it. <laughs> rawr, rawr. <laughs> and then she, she says, oh, I got to go to the go to tool store, tool, tool mart, hardware store. That's where you. <laughs> tool that, store, tool mart. <laughs> <laughs> tool, tool store, tool mart sounds like a character in Dune, I think. <laughs> Uh, so she, you know, she oh, I got to go to the tool mart and buy a bunch of hundreds of dollars worth of tools that I don't need. And then Tim starts impersonating her and going like, oh, why'd you come home with all these tools? He's just doing the one woman voice that he uses yeah, exactly. to mock every woman everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, I take a certain joy on any sitcom when one character is impersonating another character and then that character is impersonating the characters <laughs> impersonating him. Yeah. Uh, that that always is a joy to me, and so I I thought this was I thought this was good fun yeah. and a setup for something then wouldn't wouldn't happen, um, <laughs> but yeah, so they just they joke off this for a while. I don't even remember how we get to the opening credits from this. I mean, it's... well, they're they're just kind of playfully sparring with each other uh, as they want to do, and uh, and as you know, he starts going into um, uh, well, actually, I, w- I want to unwrap something real quick. They. In this sparring, they talk about having uh, the three boys. Um, oh, God, yeah. yeah. She says, you leave everything half done. Yeah. And then uh, and then he, Tim says, like, oh, well, you know, we got three boys, don't we? Yeah, to and, imply that. And then I, I think I heard this correctly. I yeah. may have written this down wrong. I'd like to go back and watch it with the subtitles. She just said, we planned on sex. I, no, I, she said, we planned on six. Six or a sex? I'm pretty sure she well like Oh, that would make more sense to the joke. We planned on six and he leaves stuff half done, so they have three so, math work. Who yeah, and and <laughs> working hard, beads of sweat. Oh my god. Face. Yeah. Uh what I want to know is who outside of like Salt Lake City <laughs> plans on having six kids. My aunt had seven. Yeah, but in like what, like nineteen fifty or some shit, when you needed them to work on the farms no, I'd say or from at the like auto plant in Michigan or <laughs> the early seventies until about eighty. I'm I get were they Catholic? I mean, well, I'm asking a lot of questions about <laughs> your family's family planning. I'm not going to speak on their behalf. I look. I was watching. Okay, here's a little plug. On uh, there's a site called Netflix. On that site, there's a documentary called Flint Town. It's oh, yeah. positively brilliant, just incredible. It's about policing and the economy and and politics and everything. It's great. There's one of the characters, one of the cops in it, talking at one point about like he's he's just had uh, his second baby. Well, his wife has. Let's be real. But he's ta- <laughs> he's talking to the camera and he says at one point like, oh yeah, you know, I really you know I want to have four kids. That's the plan. And and then he kind of I guess the 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 documentary crew must have reacted to it because he goes like what is that too many is that a lot but i'm just like four children like like i don't want to have any kids so maybe i'm warped on this but to hear <laughs> someone is like four children that is an insane number of kids to have in it's this day lot. and age in this yeah. economy right oh man 
I, I guess, feel like you could say that about any economy, though. No. Going back, this is like, but I mean, well, maybe well, not in 1998. In, in an agrarian economy where you need free labor to work your farm, it does make sense to have six kids. <laughs> so maybe right. Tim and Jill had a different plan for their lives when they were first getting married. So somewhere between 1820, yeah, and uh, 1991, yeah. Uh, you know, it was Desert Storm shook it all things, up. <laughs> things took a change. Uh, so what, or Jill could have just might have been joking because we, it's also yeah. been established that the boys were all accidents. Yeah. And, uh, it's also been established that, uh, Jill has a sense of humor. Yes. <laughs> Lord. Yes, she so, does. Um, anyhow, we get out of this cold open, uh, just in this, this banter between them. Tim makes one final joke and she kind of laughs at it. And, uh, that takes us to the theme song. Yes. Um, which my note for the theme song this week is, is Truman writing notes? Truman was writing notes about what happened in the previous oh, scene. Oh, the previous scene. Okay. Like the, the theme song is like my one vacation that I get in the episode where it's like, I know what's going to happen. Let me just catch up on the bits from the cold open. But this is the penultimate episode of this season. This is the second to last time that Brad can stare at our souls. I know. And it's like, I know that I'm going to get one more chance, so I'm going to enjoy it then. I okay. don't need... Oh, God. I'll, I'll take it all at once rather than parse it out over time. It's 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 like walking through a, uh, like a spider web on on a cold day every time he, he looks at me like that, like right in the face. And then you're like brushing your hair for the get day. It. What was it about Indiana Jones that made it so that spider webs never stuck to him? Yeah, well, yeah, when they're... Go- well, the one guy... No, he had a tarantula on his back, but then Alfred Molina has like mm-hmm. a billion tarantulas on his back. I'm talking about spider webs. When he's oh. going through like caves and stuff, he just kind of parts them like they're curtains, <laughs> like they're the Red Sea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe that's why he got into archaeology. Maybe there's some. Maybe his skin excretes <laughs> a rare substance that that spider webs don't stick it's to. It's Called Teflon. Yeah, <laughs> Teflon Indy. Yeah. Um, I do have a note here uh, about the. Uh, what do you think we should put the kids in the middle? Yeah, I think maybe um, the camera us is supposed to be some sort of camera for them, uh, and they are posing for a family portrait, and Jill is asking, well, should we put the kids in the middle of us while we take this picture in front of our new house that is taking off behind us? What did you do to our house, Tim? Why is it leaving us? Well, she, but she's not asking those questions. She's just asking, should we put the well, kids in the middle of the photograph? We can't, we can't discern what she's saying when it goes... Into the into the, into the void. I think that the ah, is the kids all protesting being put in the middle of whatever it is. <laughs> all right. Well, that that's my theory for this week is that she's talking about putting the kids in the middle of the two of them for family portrait. By the time we're done, this whole podcast is going to be us dissecting that like one second of the end of the opening credits. <laughs> so I many can't mysteries. Wait. <laughs> Special episode in season seven. Oh God. This uh, takes us inside where uh, Randy steals Mark's cereal. Yes, because, uh, like, Randy wants to get a three, or Brad, Mark. That's the kids. That's all the boys. If I say all of the names, I can't get any of them wrong. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, well, one of, one of those three ankle biters uh, wants to get uh, uh, some 3D baseball cards. Randy explains, no, you've got you to gotta send away eight proofs of purchase in order to get the baseball cards Tim hears about baseball cards, gets very excited, and he says, oh, well, maybe for some families that might be an obstacle, but we're tailors. Come on, open up. And he <laughs> has both the boys tilt their heads back and open their mouths and just starts pouring cereal down their throats so they can finish the box as fast as possible. Yeah, those uh, those baseball cards, it was a big thing in the early 90s. The, yeah. <clears throat> not baseball cards in general, but 
the uh, uh, 3D hologram ones? Yeah, what do you call those things? I think it starts with an L. Lithi- not oh, lithogram, but li- something. Lithograph? There's there's some specific term for like the the paintings or the not paintings the the photographs that you can kind of like shift from left to right and it moves a little bit. Yeah, uh, we always call them holograms. Uh, that's that's what all the cool kids <laughs> Actually, in Oregon were doing. They're not called holograms. They're called holograms, monster. <laughs> But those are huge back then. I, I had quite a few of them on uh, my own. How many box tops did you have to send away to get them? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I probably just bought them outright. No, I was no. a big baseball card collector. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, but not anymore. Uh, uh, I sold most of my most of my cards. Oh well, pour one out for for those cards. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice time. But okay, I have to divert from this diversion. Divert away. <laughs> That's all we do on this show. Tim walks in. And as we've seen in this show, he is uh, apt to be wearing Michigan paraphernalia, some sort of university thing. He's wearing a sweatshirt from my alma mater. Oh, Eastern Michigan University? Eastern Michigan University. Emu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Home of the most uh, phallic um, water tower in North America. Really? Yeah. As as voted by the Penis Council? <laughs> as voted by, uh, look at it online. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, is it pink? It's, it's tan. Oh, no. And, you know what, I'm just gonna pull up, uh, a picture of it. Yeah, man, sh- show me, we'll get my live reaction to this. Um... Well, it's weird because I've also seen Tim wearing Western Michigan gear. So it's like, did you go to every college in Michigan? Well, the the universities and institutions like WXYZ would send him swag, essentially. And yeah. he would wear it on uh, on the show uh, as a way to just say yeah, thank you to Michigan. Michigan pride. Okay, I'm about to look at the most phallic water tower in North America. Oh, dang. Oh, wow. That's a full-on hog just sticking up out of the ground. <laughs> It's like Michigan. Michigan, is that a water tower, or are you just happy to see me? Uh, and also, second row, third from the left on Google Image Search, is someone standing, like, like a forced perspective shot of somebody's, like, crotch over it. Yeah, it's the black and white uh, legs, uh, black and white photo with legs and fishnet. Kind of uh, think like... Um uh, are you trying to seduce me, Mrs. Robinson? Yeah, uh, yeah. Underneath the legs as the, the tower is going up between them, betwixt them. Well, dang, those legs go all the way up, certainly. Um, <laughs> that's fascinating. So uh, there you go. So when that was, did penises look different when they built that tower? And then it's just, did something change? Uh, uh, no, I don't know what the architect was thinking. Uh, maybe he got fired <laughs> right after he, I, I think I know what that. Ar- I think I, I know what that architect was thinking. What he was thinking was, "I'm living a lie. Why did I marry this woman? This is truly not who I'm in love with. It is, in fact, penises are what I'm really about." And, <laughs> wow. and hey, it's no laughing matter. You know, yeah. some people are gay, and that's cool. And this, it's sad that the guy who designed that water tower couldn't just be open about it and had to channel his sexual frustrations into uh, public infrastructure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, you know what? I don't know if that goes into defaming territory or not. You, oh, look, man, you build a water tower that looks like a big Fair. dick coming out yeah. of the ground. You're going to raise some questions. Uh, all the more fitting, though, that Tim would have a sweatshirt pain homage to the location of this. Because <laughs> yeah. because what is Tim if not a dick-shaped water tower? <laughs> and that's his last name. Um, dick-shaped water tower. It's a weird, it's like a, yeah. Also like a dune name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so what we find out here is that, okay, Jill comes in and she wants Tim to fix the, the burner on the stove. 
mm-hmm. uh, which he has not done yet. Yet another item on his long neglected to do list. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, I'm just, I'm getting ar- around to that. Uh, I just, uh, w- I was working on the gas line. Yeah. Cue Brad coming in from the garage saying, Dad, I got the gas line all hooked up to the, the hot rod. <gasps> Which, what? That's a big job. Also, why? What, I, I mean, I get, I don't, I am not the foremost expert on uh, home improvement or cars or mechanics, but why would you connect a gas line to an engine? Also, if you're having trouble getting your engine to start, maybe the fact that the gas line wasn't connected earlier is the problem? Maybe. I mean, there are different types of gases. Well, yeah. I mean, I I think what Tim is trying to do is he's not lying because he did just connect a gas line. Yeah. But I, I, I'm getting to the larger point of what is he trying to accomplish? <laughs> oh, with what? With the gas line on the hot rod? Yeah. Like, did I can see a scenario going back to the pilot episode where he's trying to justify... Uh, which wire to cut <laughs> oh, yeah, on the yeah. dishwasher by saying, well, green means the ground. I could see him doing something similar being like, well, what is gasoline but gas line with an O in the middle of it? <laughs> this has to work. <laughs> you got to write that on a postcard and send it to, uh, you know. P.O. Box tool time. <laughs> Exactly, because they're probably going to start that P.O. box up again once the show comes back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because that, that makes as much sense as anything else. So, anyway, Jill is um, Jill is pissed off at him that Tim is just, again, spending all of his time tinkering with a hot rod instead yeah. of actually improving his home. So, off of this, we uh, get a fascinating, strange transition. Well, she also, before oh, we get too sorry. far out of here, we, uh, this is where she brings up the ice maker. Oh, yes. Uh, that ice- becomes an important part yeah. later in the episode um, where the ice maker is also broken. It's one of those, another thing that, uh, you know, is not working and Tim has a kind of makeshift way. He's like, the way that it works just fine. You just have to give it a little finesse. You push the glass in there real hard and then you you bang on the center of it and then your ice cube and then like one little bloop yeah. falls out into her glass. She's like, do I have to hit this uh, uh, 50. freezer 50 or 60 times, or 60 or 70 times to fill my glass? I'm like, Jill, how many ice cubes do you think fit in the glass? Yeah, you're <laughs> like, are these massive tumblers or tiny ice cubes? Are you thinking like crushed ice, like the kind that yeah. they do at Koji Taqueria, uh, official <laughs> sponsor of Grunt Work, except not really, like where it's a million little chips of ice yeah. fall into your cup? I mean, I have to imagine Jill's not very good at guessing the amount of jelly beans in a jar. <laughs> If she thinks 60 ice cubes fit into a tumbler. You know, maybe Jill is as good or slightly better at math than we are. That might be that might be the real thing. Oh, so, oh wow. So I just it went right back in my face. I know. I know. It, it, it bounced <laughs> back at you. Rubber and glue. Well, I, you know, the, the amount of effort that you have to put into getting one ice cube out of this ice cube dispenser is not unlike in Back to the Future 3, the huge <laughs> ice cube dispenser that Doc Brown has made that puts one... Uh, ice cube into your uh, typhoid-infected water. <laughs> True. But that's the future, and I have to imagine that they're everlasting ice cubes. Well, yeah, no, but this is... Um, Back to the Future 3 is in... Is oh, in, in the past. You're yeah, right. Yeah, in the okay, old West. So, Back to the Future mm-hmm. 2 is the one where they go to the future land, and come on! <laughs> Sorry, that's so far in the past, it's hard for me to remember. Ooh, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, you got me now. She... Jill follows Tim into the garage, uh, and this is where she takes the stance of like, oh, well, yes. if you're not going to do it... I'm going to fix this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it turns into a real reach out and teach somebody uh, callback. Except he doesn't even really, well, A, reach out and teach someone where the whole thing of it is Tim teaching Jill home improvement. 
she never really seems to have learned it. Like, he never really seemed to go ahead with that. Now yeah. we come back to it, and now he's even less interested in trying to even teach her at all. Yeah, Like, right. and reach out and teach someone, it was, I'm going to teach you this, or I get so frustrated. Now it's like, you couldn't even do it if you tried. <laughs> and you know what, Tim? You're digging your own grave there. If Jill is going to rise to anything, it's going to be a challenge. Exactly, exactly. And also, when it's like... She threatens to either do it herself or get a repairman, so it's both of these things are bad for Tim. And she does both. Yes. Spoiler exactly. alert. Um, what is the transition that takes us out of the scene? It's like the back of oh, somebody's head wearing a baseball cap, sw- wiping through the frame, and then all of a sudden we are up nestled among the audience at tool time, yeah. looking down at the stage. As this head sits down into a seat, quote-unquote, but it's really a blue screen effect. So it's it's... Uh, Al down there in front of the salute to lawns or lawn week mm. thing with a whole bunch of lawnmowers. Tim, Tim is sitting in the audience. And I'm, I, at first I was like, oh, okay, awesome. He's going to like interview an audience member. No, he's just kind of sitting there for no reason. Yeah. With, with, again, with the most supremely awkward and nervous people sitting around <laughs> him, like not really reacting. Here's my guess. I, I'm, I'm spitballing this right off the dome for you guys. That's what spitballing is. Girls. Um, since it makes no sense of him sitting in the audience uh, to the narrative or to tool time at all, uh, my guess is maybe the people sitting around him are relatives. People visiting Tim Allen. Tim Allen's relatives. Oh. So it's his way of getting them on camera without Okay. Doing like relatives, family, friends, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, his that brothers or whatever. Yeah. I, I would see that. He's got... Does he have the same number of brothers as he does in in the show, which is I, two? Uh, you know what? I haven't compiled all of my Tim Allen facts as of yet, but uh, I, I will research it and put it in the dossier. Okay, how many brothers does the character actor who appeared in this episode have? Because I know you know that. <laughs> the character actor. Uh, well, we haven't gotten to Gus yet. Um, okay, But fine, I don't know. Fine. I could tell you preemptively, I don't know how many brothers he has in real life. Wow, Landon, slipping, slipping in season two. Uh, so... Anyway, we uh, so Tim kind of introduces the bit and is talking mm-hmm. about how how important grass and lawns yeah. are. It's, like, it's, we, it's lawn appreciation week. Yeah, you know, and all oh, the women will tell you go out there and cut the grass. We don't cut the grass; we mow the grass and we feed it. We seed it. We we nurture it. And then Al is standing over there with a bunch of grass samples, and he's running his hands over the top, and he goes, "We caress it." <laughs> I love Al, and, and I too love Al, and Tim. No, no, Tim though, who has already been getting kind of fetishy about lawns, then this is this is a bridge too far for Tim. And he looks at Al and goes, "It's grass, Al. Don't act like you're on shore leave with it." <laughs> yeah, uh, which you know, uh, I think there's some subtext there that a therapist would have some interesting uh, perspective on. I am not one, so I'm not going to go into it. What, what subtext for Al or subtext for Tim? Subtext if if lawn is substituting. Uh, symbolically, something that you conquer, something that you create and and nurture and you have control over. And Al's perspective is something that you nurture and that you care for and that you, you know, there, there's... And then Tim attacking that. Like, there, there's something... He has control issues or, you know... Well, with Tim, complex. I, you know what? I'm, I'm not a psychologist either, but I would definitely diagnose Tim as a guy with control issues based on <laughs> everything we've seen. Uh, I think that that uh, you know, I think they could both be coming from the same point. I mean, the lawn is something that you you conquer and dominate, but then you caress it afterwards. Like you know, I mean, there's a lot of so different. You break ways. its back, and then yeah, you break it to, your, it to will. your will. Yeah, you know, it's like look, uh, season three of Game of Thrones. Ramsay Bolton first has to break Theon and make him reek, but then once he's reek, 
then he caresses him yeah. uh, when he's not torturing him. So what you're saying is that Tim and Al are playing a real good cop, bad cop scenario out with this grass. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this grass is going to get its dick cut off is what I'm oh, saying. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I went right yeah, for that, it. Yeah, that went, <laughs> that went right down there. Um, We're going to cut that water tower off. <laughs> And completely emasculate <laughs> Eastern Michigan University. Uh, so let me let me divert us for a second. Oh, from 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 penises and lawn fucking. Okay, the calendar, the Again. Pamela Anderson calendar. Yeah, uh, is different. Again, I don't know if it's different from last week to this week. Uh, just the design of it is different. I remember mentioning earlier in the season that it doesn't. It's not proportioned right. The the photo part was like longer than the actual. Uh, dates part, but now they seem to have redesigned it. <laughs> they got so letters. The fold is there in the proper place, and it would fold properly, but it has a, a burgundy um, or maybe a maroon border on it now, and it used to be white. Mm, wow. Um, You're keeping real close track of the calendars. I, See, these I, are what I call palette cleansers, <laughs> so that we can go into the next bit. <laughs> very good, very good. Oh, this is great. Let's, let's sample the next fine wine, then, which is <laughs> the fact that... Uh, you know, for lawn week, they're doing different salutes all week long. This is the yeah. salute to fertilizer. Yeah. They're, mm. yeah, that much better, much better than mine. So Al is, you know, Tim goes off stage. Al is talking about all the different varieties of fertilizer yeah. and they do different things. And you can buy them from Binford. And then Tim goes, or you can go right to the source. And he comes out. Lisa. Oh, we get a, we get a Lisa. We get a Lisa. I, Lisa's. Appearances are depressing to me. Yeah, you know? yeah just because you know that she's really just dancing out the door. She's like, you got, you're having me escort a cow out, and you haven't even given me a line. I well, she gets a line later. She in gets the a line later, popping up from behind a hedge. Every every line that Lisa has now in this half of the season, it, 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 palpable contempt for Tim and Al and her job, almost as though it's been written in that she's yeah. disgruntled. She, yeah, she's leading out this cow, really struggling to y- yank this cow, live full-on cow, actual living, breathing animal, out onto the stage. Uh, it's got a Binford, like, towel over the back of it. It's Tim- the Binford cow. It's... <laughs> <laughs> That's how Binford makes a Binford fertilizer. They've they've been breeding cows. You know, the Umami Burger is talking about their impossible burger with that lab-grown non-meat meat. Yeah. It's made from Binford cows. Uh, the best fake meat comes from Binford cows. Uh, but Tim rides out on it, and he's also wearing Al's 2,000-gallon cowboy Patty hat. Patty makes an appearance, yeah, from way back earlier in the season, uh... From heavy metal, I think was yeah. the, the the premiere of this. Um, Al Al's little uh, old West uniform, his cowboy uniform with his oversized hat, um, didn't have any cheese in it or salsa. Sorry to Yet. disappoint you. Yeah, well, you're, <laughs> when you're wearing it, you can't use it as the awesome. So nacho you're you're serving. saying you want to pour the the salsa and the cheese inside the the drum of the hat, yes. not around the perimeter of yes. the brim. Yes, and then you use the perimeter of the brim to put all of the chips on, and you carry it around by the bottom of the drum. You know, Landon. I feel, like, need... I feel like I've explained this to you a few times on this podcast, and I don't think you're engaging properly with how brilliant of an idea I'm this is. I'm a visual person. I need to see schematics. Well, okay, I'll, okay, Landon, I'll draw you a schematic of the nacho hat and, <laughs> and send it to you. Awesome. Um, so 
anyway, Tim rides out on a cow, and that's that. And then, what, when, what even transition do you do we get off of that? I didn't even write it down. I was so wrapped. Is this, uh, well, we go into the kitchen. This wasn't the normal oh, one, was it? This is, uh, this is like a, uh, this is a single, like, Cocoa Puff thing bounces up out of the screen and into the box of, of the chocolatey syrup, oh. cereal that they were oh, so serving earlier. Could it have been a, some cow dung? Well, I didn't want to suggest <laughs> that, that it was an actual turd transition that then falls into a thing that the children are going to eat from. But yeah, I mean, it, that was kind of what I thought, but I wanted to try well, and class this up. Randy after. has orchestrated this so that Mark will be eating cow shit. That, you know, Randy is the original Eric Cartman, let's be real. <laughs> so yeah, we're back We're back at home, we're in the kitchen. Jill and Randy are fixing the stove. Yeah, and... and there's yeah, got the whole lid off and the, you know, she's going through all the things. Randy's looking through the instruction booklet uh to try and help her through this. Yeah. I don't even really remember like the the gist of what they're working on. It's just that Tim comes in and he stinks of manure from yeah. from being on set all day. And so Randy says like, "Ah, dad, light a match." And <laughs> then they start I, I don't know. Yeah, go, Jill and Randy go on this extended riff, uh, giving ki- uh, Tim uh, giving Tim shit literally yeah. for smelling like shit. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, we had, we had a cow on on uh, tool time today," and and Jill says, "Oh, what was the pig in the shop?" And then, <laughs> oh man, r- what Randy says something like, "Yeah, it was in for its twenty thousand oink checkup," and I and just back and forth, back and forth. What uh, what Jill finally says? She makes the the most backhanded <laughs> opera joke she says oh randy turn on the tv soon they're going to be showing porky and bess so referenced porgy and bess <laughs> i love that i i mean no i it's very fitting for jill i know it, it totally is and also fitting for this environment well, i guess bravo is the sh- is the channel that was showing opera back back in the 90s <laughs> right yeah uh but also notable is that tim is watching his wife and son go back and forth with some pretty jokey commentary and tim is not finding any of this amusing. He's just disgusted <laughs> that people are making jokes who aren't him. Tim, who can't go through any moment in life without joking about it. Yeah. But so then Randy goes off elsewhere, and Tim starts getting after Jill for trying to fix the bur- the <clears throat> stove herself. He's saying, yeah. like, oh, you made a huge mess. It's going to take three times as long to do this now that you screwed it up. And she's saying, well, you won't fix it yourself. You won't let me hire a repairman. You won't let me do it myself. Hmm. You know, what am I supposed to do? When, and then he goes, and what's this? And he oh, points yeah. to her apron, which she has converted into a tool belt. And he starts going on an extended uh, rant about you can't make a tool belt floral and frilly. Yeah. And uh, he starts going on. And he's like, what, can you imagine if you showed up on the construction site with that? And um, I, I couldn't quite get to the bottom of what Tim was criticizing. Like, is he criticizing femininity? Fem, femininity? Fem, feminism. Yeah. I did that before, didn't I? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, femininity is the, is the practice of uh, being feminine, whereas feminism is uh, the advocacy for the rights of women. Fraser! Feminineness. Feminine, feminineness. Femininity is feminineness. Then I meant femininity. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, Landon. <laughs> so is it's he... Like, it's, I like the Fraser joke, but I have to use it so many times that I think it's wearing out. <laughs> is he criticizing femininity? 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 This is the rest of the podcast, guys. Just buckle in. <laughs> the next 30 minutes. Um, or is he... What what is he criticizing? He's, I don't quite get it. He's criticizing the fact that she has repurposed something traditionally feminine for a traditionally masculine task. She's taken an apron mm-hmm. and put tools in it. This upsets Tim because I guess 
I don't know, Tim is immature and yeah. toxic masculinity is a thing. Well, that's what I'm kind of like getting to is like whenever he goes on these these critical things, even if it's jokey, I don't know what his point is. Like, is it specifically gender, man, woman? Like, you are doing something female that is not male, or is there is it wrapped up in kind of a uh, homophobic thing? Oh, yeah. I mean, it certainly is on some level. I think probably the people producing the show were self-aware enough, even at the time, to not go full-on, you know, gay people are bad or yeah. anything. But I think, yeah, I, I, what it all comes down to, and I just said it a second ago, but I will say it again, is is the toxic masculinity thing where it's like, oh, uh, you know, tools are masculine. To put them in the same space as something feminine mm-hmm. is wrong and offensive and not okay, you know, th- this this is the way that tools should be treated. This is the way that tools should look, basically, yeah. and that she's okay. not doing that. So he's just got, like, a mental image. I mean, I'm sure that – I mean, because you can have – I mean, masculinity isn't anti-homosexual no, certainly in any, not. any way. So I, I'm just trying to, like, develop my own opinion about how to put this all into context as a 90s TV show. If he's just specifically talking about gender divide and norms mm-hmm. – or if there is a more darker undertext to this stuff. This all went really serious just off of a stupid joke that they probably didn't think twice about. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that this joke is just boilerplate Tim stuff. They yeah. did not get a lot of consideration. Uh, so Jill threatens to call a repairman. Tim mm-hmm. says, no, 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 I'll do it. I'll, ha- I'll fix the stove. And she says, what about the uh, ice dispenser? And he says, no, the ice dispenser is fine. I've been telling you, just got to do this. He goes up, he sticks the glass in, he hits it. The ice dispenser uh, sharts out about 10,000 ice cubes <laughs> yes. in a pretty in a pretty cool little bit. Uh, and then one of them bounces, bounces, bounces. Oh, it's a transition, guys. Oh, God. And right into the screen. Who would have ever thought? Uh, I that- would have and <clears throat> did. <laughs> that takes us uh, to the same location almost uh, yeah, later where a repairman named Gus has appeared. A repairman wearing a full uniform. <laughs> almost the same uniform as Tim wore uh, as a telephone repairman. <laughs> almost as though perhaps the same props department, well, wardrobe department, outfitted yeah. the same two people. Yeah, I, I mean, I do think they were different, but uh, same style. You get yeah. you know the full jumpsuit sort of deal. Yeah. Um, should I go into a character actor corner here? Yeah, we, well, let's go into that corner. <laughs> it sounds a lot like the Pam's Corner song. I've got to warn you. There you go. Yeah, keep it going. Keep it going. Yeah. Drop the bass. <laughs> I don't know that I could do bass with that. <laughs> okay, so Gus the Repairman is played by David Coria, um, who was in Seven. Wait, is he the chief of police or is he the mayor? His role on Seven is... First cop at massage parlor. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'm not thinking of the person I thought I was. Okay, please continue. It's all right. Uh, he was in Dragonfly, the Kevin Costner movie. Um, he was in Bob Clark's Loose Cannons with uh, Gene Hackman and Dan Aykroyd. Okay. Uh, and then he was in this thing called Mr. Payback. An interactive movie. Oh, I heard about this. It was supposedly horrible. Mr. Payback is the world's first interactive movie. It's a video game. (laughs) And it's 30 minutes. Wow. And this came out what year? That was 1995. Okay. Seems like it wasn't such a huge success given that that we still don't really have interactive movies. Well, the fact that they don't even know what to classify it as to be... The world's first interactive movie, but it's a video game. I mean, 
if by that standard, wouldn't uh, Sword in the Stone or uh, Space Ace, wouldn't those be the first interactive movies? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Sword in the Stone. What's the name of that game I'm trying to think of? Uh, uh, what? Uh, Dungeon Quest? Or? Dungeon Quest. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, saying saying it's the world's first interactive movie, it's a video game, is like saying it's the world's first open face burrito, it's a taco. <laughs> I mean it's right, yeah. It's a different thing. Yeah. Uh anyhow, that's that's uh David Correa. He's actually he's been uh around quite a bit. He hasn't done anything uh since two thousand six, but uh was he seemed to be on like all of the nineties uh soap operas, Melrose Place, nine oh two one oh um, Melrose Place, 90210. <laughs> Party of Five. Uh, 90210. A bunch of those. Uh, he was on Sequest, actually. Sequest, 90210? You know what show he was not on? What? ER. Wow. Though, like, he's like the <laughs> one... Pro- I think, I'm pretty sure I was on ER <laughs> in the 90s. You know what? Zachary Ty Bryan went on after Home Improvement to be on an episode <laughs> of ER. So that show is just... Taking over everything. You'd think if anyone needed to go to the uh, ER, it would have been Jonathan Taylor Thomas with his <laughs> fake pseudo cancer, <laughs> or just Tim Allen. Yeah, well, yeah, just generally, he, he usually was in the ER. <laughs> with, is ER a spinoff of this show? Who knows? Uh, so Tim comes home to find Gus, the repairman, fixing the stove. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Were we done with character? I'm sorry. Yeah. I, no. Character after corner is now closed. Oh, God, why are we both doing this? <laughs> Tim comes home. He, he says, like, hey, Jill, I'm home. And Jill is walking into the garage before Tim comes into the kitchen and goes like, oh, hi, Tim. And Tim comes in and says, how are you doing? And then Gus, the repairman, pops up from behind the stove and goes, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. <laughs> and Jill, your mustache is a little thicker than usual. <laughs> and uh, so Tim is upset. About Gus being here, although he still is, you know, nice to Gus, but yeah. is, but Gus is saying like, "Wow, Tim the Toolman Taylor, why you're you're even funny even without Al." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell everyone that I was fixing uh, Tim the Taylor's Tim the Taylor Tim the Taylor. Well, yeah, you know, I I came in and uh, and sewed up Tim the Taylor's clothes for him because that's what Tim would do. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Tim is like, oh, can you maybe not not tell everyone you did this? And he goes, are you kidding? I'm going to tell everybody I know. I fixed Tim's stuff because Tim couldn't do it. <laughs> and so Tim takes Jill out into the garage and is mm-hmm. saying, Jill, what the hell? Like, why did you do this? And Jill says, oh, well, Al recommended him very highly. <laughs> and he says, oh, you told you told Al I needed to repair a man? She goes, oh, yeah, well, after he stopped laughing, he was very helpful. Why didn't she just have Al come over? That Again, one more reason to get Al in the place when Tim is away and some Righteous Brothers starts playing. And, <laughs> and I think it's Billie Holiday. <laughs> well, that's what she was playing in Read My Hips. True, but Righteous Brothers is what is playing in my slash fiction uh, <laughs> when they get together. Well, if you really want to get L, you got to start playing some country line dancing. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, accordions and violins. Yeah, Those right. are the most romantic yeah. uh, <laughs> music. Oh, L. So. At a certain point, though, Gus kind of peeks his head in the garage, and the second he sees the hot rod, he gives he, his whole character changes. He becomes like the quintessential '90s surfer. Yeah. He sees the hot rod, and he's like, "Hey, so what about this thing?" Whoa, <laughs> dude, '69, <laughs> and then Rufus. Immediately, uh, Tim and Gus start bonding over the hot rod. Yeah. Uh, Tim goes into a spiel about, like, oh, it's a uh, Chevy 350, uh, blah, 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 with all the trimmings and whatchamacallits. And- yeah, ex- extra fries, large drink, <laughs> uh, you know, supersize it. And then he goes, oh, so you're into hot rods. And uh, Gus is like, oh, yeah, I'm building a Vicky out in my backyard. 
And uh, and when he said, I'm building a Vicky in my backyard, for some reason I just picture him building like a, a, a sexy girl robot instead of a car. Like, what is a Vicky? Is this a Michigan it, it's thing? It's a sexy girl robot that looks like Vicky Lewis, i.e. Marine <laughs> from... Made for, the best man win. Yeah, yeah, you know, or uh, you know, or the girl from News Radio, whose name I I know, Vicky Lewis played that person. I can't remember the name of the character. <laughs> sure, yeah, uh, but no, it's actually a Ford Victoria. Oh, I see. Oh, like, a, but not a Crown Victoria. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I don't know that much about cars. I just know like 1931, 32. That's about as much as my research told me. Okay, well, good content there. <laughs> uh, so. So anyway, uh, uh, Gus is so enthralled by this hot rod that mm-hmm. he uh, completely forgets about doing anything to fix the ice yeah. cube tray or, or anything else. And uh, Jill is so pissed that she slams the door and walks out. And I know I was expecting uh, a bunch of tools to fall off the tool <laughs> Me thing. Too. Because Jill is that angry, but they did not. Which is, yeah. the fact that nothing fell off the wall when she slammed the door shows yeah. that this isn't this isn't the real deal. I gotta be honest, uh, I'm on Jill's side here. Oh, uh, me too. Sh- like, if a repairman just completely shirked his job to uh, go off into the garage with my husband to work on a car. Like, that's... Do your job. I'm paying you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to his benefit, he's, to his credit, he says, I'm taking you off the clock. But even then, it's like, like Tim isn't doing the job. Tim doesn't want Jill to hire a repairman. Jill goes over Tim's head to hire a repairman. And then, uh, but then Tim even sabotages the repairman when he's mm. there. It's just like Tim does not want the home to get improved. Yeah. So cue the next scene. Um which is, this is the, the just regular transition. We didn't have any kind of wacky transition here, which is well, weird. Well, unless you consider a crossfade wacky. I mean, at this point, it does seem kind of weird. It, yeah, yeah, it is It is the weird thing when a transition yeah. is not insane. But we have a kind of an interesting Wilson scene here, because it takes place between both Tim and Jill. Yeah, which, which really was kind of like almost a jump scare of a thing. Tim is out there... <laughs> bitching to Wilson about Jill saying, you know, all these things about how, uh, you know, ah, Jill is saying, you know, Jill says I was being irresponsible. I'm not irresponsible. I do lots of chores around here. I look after the kids. I cook dinner sometimes. And then as he's saying all this, Jill comes out behind him with a bunch of flowers to mm-hmm. plant and, and says something like, oh, why? You want to pat on the head for doing that or some things that you should be doing anyway? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, it, you know, Tim gives, I feel like Tim is a very startle, starter, startle, startle, Startleable. <laughs> Another word. Webster's hit me up. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, character. He tends to be, you know, shocked pretty often. Uh, yeah. And this is when he gets one of those like, Ugh, what are you doing there? You know, this, this is uh, lifted straight from the Cheers playbook of Cliff saying something and then Carla coming up behind him and owning him. <laughs> um, but uh, just as a side note, their garden, their 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 spring work is Coming in very nicely, uh, uh, yeah, blooming yeah, very yeah, nicely. Very good, I'm sure yeah. creating a lot of weeds over on Wilson's side of the fence. Well, but... Wilson is Wilson is walking out of his place with a bunch of fertilizer. Yeah. So evidently, mm. Wil- <laughs> thanks. Quote cow. I don't even Klaus. know. <laughs> yeah, Klaus. Always yeah. Klaus. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. Anyway, they so they they kind of have this three way discussion about. Yeah, they do. Like, <laughs> I said discussion. I didn't leave it at three-way, Landon. I didn't give you an opening, but you found one. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 you didn't. No. Oh, God. Uh, okay. T- take it home, Landon. Just, just, just. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I worked myself into a corner because I don't have too many notes here. Yeah. Um, sexy but corner. They, they, have a, they start to have an argument in front of Wilson about uh, taking care of the duties around the house and um, 
Tim is like, Wilson, you know, as soon as Jill starts making really good points, Tim's like, Wilson, you could jump in here at any time. Yeah, and and Wilson says, I'm always with you, Tim, but here you don't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> and, I, yeah, J- you know, Jill makes just a bunch of points about how, again, you know, sh- these things need to get done, but mm-hmm. Tim isn't doing them. And Wilson is saying things like, oh, that's very, very astute, Jill. And Tim is Tim is like, ha-ha, gotcha. She says, that's a compliment, Tim. <laughs> yeah. And Wilson's advice uh, between the two of them at, at a certain point really boils down to, like, the tasks that men seek out to do are the, the things that give them glory, while women have been kind of... Uh, he didn't say trained, but kind of like conditioned. conditioned to take care of the home. Yeah. So it makes sense that like Tim is working and putting all this time into the hot rod, something that will get him attention rather than fixing a doorknob that is more practical and more home based. Yes. But what uh, and and so hearing hearing just that statement of like women are conditioned to not seek out glory and to not not take ambition and work outside the home. I hear that. I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. This is, we're getting into it. This is some real discussion here. And Jill then says, yeah, but that's changing all the time. More and more women work outside the home and more and more men are staying home. And I'm like, yeah, Patricia Richardson, sing it sister. Let's get some, let's have this discussion. (laughs) No. And that's, that's about as far as we get. That's as far as we get. But, uh, what, Wilson does say that kind of closes the discussion is every job has one thing in common, neighbor. It must be done, and it must be done well. And you, you know who said that? And Tim goes, "No." And he says, "You did, neighbor." And Tim, Tim goes, "Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah." Uh. <laughs> oh, I guess I did. Mm. Um, and then this takes us to tool time. Yes, uh, it's lawn care week still. Still, now they're talking about uh, trimming. Yes, and they've got their their big shears out. Yeah, and uh, Tim and Al are in. Uh, what looks like product corner, but it's simply just, you know, demonstrating different types of shears. Corner. Uh, <laughs> I just want to take a second and uh, ask a question. Yeah, ask me away. Because they, they start this segment with uh, that kind of booming shot over the back of the audience looking down on the Tool Time set. And the same seat that Tim was sitting in on the previous episode was empty with the same audience members there. <laughs> so are we led to believe that this is the same show? Like, I want to get back into some of the semantics of how... How does Tool Time operate? Which I realize is a futile discussion. But yeah, yeah. Like, are they filming multiple episodes in the same day? And we're just jumping, like, it's just like, hey, we're going to tell you about some things that happened at the Taylor house, and we're going to intercut it with that day's work on Tool Time? Either that or, yeah, exactly. That or, like, they record multiple episodes in one day that they then parse out over the week. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of the way Wheel of Fortune does it. Yeah, I mean, the missing, the the person missing from the chair Tim had been sitting in is the biggest thing. And the audience members are the same people. Yeah, oh, yeah, also that, (laughs) also also that. Well, they would even, but even with shows where they uh, record a bunch in a single day and air them out over a week, they swap out audiences from one show to the next. Mm -hmm. Like, when they do, you know, when they do... Thursday on Thursdays David Letterman would record two episodes of his show so he wouldn't have to work on Friday because that's showbiz but even then they would have two different audiences they wouldn't right. make the same people watch two different Lettermans right that makes sense well, and so and what what is happening so that that leads me to believe that this is the same episode of Tool Time the biggest thing that upsets me is that the home improvement people couldn't just find someone to sit in that chair so we didn't have to have this discussion like seriously yeah. there's not one fucking person they, they they had one person, but they took her away to do a blue screen effect <laughs> to wipe and create that first transition for us. I, I mean, I guess so. It's just, 
you know, at the at the Emmys, uh, if you get <laughs> out of your filler. seat, yeah, they have someone come and sit in there so yeah. it doesn't look bad. Whereas on a show that doesn't have to be live, they can't even do that. Yeah. Anyhow, they start going through this stuff, and the Tim tries to, which I feel like he hasn't done in a while, using Tool Time as a a kind of launching pad or a soapbox for his real life. Yeah. Um. Just like Jill has asked him repeatedly not to do. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. But he kind of ties it a little bit in here. Not in terms of, like, making a commentary on what's happening in his personal life, but just to kind of, like, you know, ride the, the ego wave that Wilson gave him by saying, you know, that was you, neighbor, that, that gave me that advice. So he, Tim spouts off this same advice at the end of the segment saying... It must be done. If if it must be done, it must be done well. And you know who said that? <laughs> and Al chimes in with a, I told you that about a year ago. <laughs> and Tim goes, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Didn't, did, didn't, did. Back and forth, back and forth. Fighting. <laughs> they realize the camera's on them. Yeah. Um, and then they have uh, a hedge trimming expert Jim Lester come out yep. with a bunch of uh, topiary animals that he has uh, trimmed painstakingly over the course of years and years. And he goes into great detail explaining how rare these are and how difficult and how much work it takes to make them. What do you think is going to happen, folks? <laughs> Gang, what do you think is going to happen to these these here animals? Oh, good gracious. Uh, something bad. Uh, so, sure enough, uh, well, first, Tim makes a joke about, uh, It's a Long Way to Topiary, yeah. which is a play on the song It's a Long Way to Tipperary, which you may remember as the song that Brain Guy and Bobo were singing at the end of the last episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 on <laughs> Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, at least that's how I learned it. That's probably what this reference is to, honestly. Yeah, of course. Uh, but, so... Anyway, Tim then has his, these huge, super sharp shears. Mm-hmm. Sh- super, super sharp shears. Super sharp shears. We're doing it. We're great. We're professionals. We've done it. Uh, I can't say femininity. But, but, but Super but, sharp shears I got. Yeah, yeah. So he is, you know, he wants to try and prune some of the topiary bushes with them, but mm-hmm. Jim is like, oh, no, no, no. I'm just going to show you a little special pruning with these tiny little scissors around yeah. the edges. And he turns away, and then Tim sneezes... Oh my god, this is the most, it's the most, I mean, like, if I were going to cut things for time, I would have cut this. Yeah. I I, (laughs) I mean, no pun intended. (laughs) Uh, Because he's like, Lisa brings out all the topiary trees, and Mm. uh, she gets her one line, and it's... Which is, yes, Tim. Oh, god. She's just, she's stuck behind one of the hedges, and then, like, Tim's looking for her through the brush, and then she brings her head up, and he's confused, and then she says a line, and then leaves, and my heart broke, because it was so depressing to watch. Anyhow, um, as soon as she brings those out, he's like, man, something out here, I must be allergic to something, and starts sneezing, really bad sneeze, almost as bad of sneezing as Jill's burp at the beginning of the episode, which is a pet peeve of mine when they loop in a very inoffensive burp for people. Like, one of my favorite movies of all time is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, them them and the fizzy lifting drinks? fizzy lifting drink burping is just, like... Unbearable to me. Yeah, yeah. No, that 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 is... It takes... Yeah, and that's enough to get them to suddenly fall back down, those <laughs> tiny little burps. No, no, thank you. So this all ties into Tim's very awful fake sneezing. Yeah. In which... I I can't I don't even have the strength you take us through this it's just so bad he's just like he gets close to the thing and he sneezes once he sneezes again he's allergic to something in 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 the uh in the topiary the uh Jim is turned away to to trim at one of the other bushes Tim has the shears halfway open and close to the topiary flamingo's neck he sneezes again oh wouldn't you know it he brings the 
the shears, you know, be, closes the shears around this thing's neck and chops it straight off. You know, Stevie Wonder could have seen this coming. But, uh, so then Tim and Al both grab the head and, like, do their best to kind of, like, hold it on top of the the neck Mm -hmm. when the guy turns back around so as not to show him that they've destroyed his hard work. Uh, And they say something like, oh, yeah, well, that's great. Well, time for more messages from Binford. And then as the the full uh, grunt work interstitial song plays... Uh, Lisa grabs the topiary flamingo and wheels it away, pulling its body away from its head, which they're just there holding. You say grab, I say yank. She, she ripped that thing away from them. Get me just out of here! To really, really rub it, uh, rub it in their faces. Like, yeah, I can make a fool of Tim. This is how I'm going to do it. Yes, and so God, that whole bit just does not work for me because he he really predicts it. Predicts it. He. Uh, Telegraphs it. Telegraphs it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, because he's, you, the way you described it, I feel like is more efficient than how they actually did it. Because he didn't even have the shears positioned correctly when he goes in for the sneeze. They weren't open. He like starts to sneeze and then just consciously brings them up, consciously opens them, and then sneezes and closes it shut. He has to put in so much cognitive effort to make that happen. It would have made more sense if it had been... If he had wanted to do it and was, like, faking a sneeze as the excuse for why he did it, like, you, you know, the, he had no reason to open the shears and have them around this thing's neck. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's so bad that I want to give a recommendation. Yeah, recommend it. Go go watch uh, Errol Morris's documentary, Fast, Cheap, and Out of Control, if you really want to see some good topiary work. <laughs> We're just recommending documentaries all over the place today. <laughs> There you go. Um, Hey, and if you want to see a documentary with, like, a lot of nude, sexy young people, The Real Cancun. I highly recommend it. Oh, well. I uh, I have not... I don't recommend that. I just know it's (laughs) the lowest rated documentary on IMDb. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Um, My last note for that scene was that was... Awful. And that takes us into the backyard. I like how much character your notes have. I, and I also like looking at the waveform and audacity, what it looks like when you say Wow, that is pretty. Guys, download Audacity and buy some mics and, and try that. It's I'm losing focus, maybe. Let's this move takes on. Yeah. this takes us into the backyard where yes. Mark throws a touchdown pass to it's Randy. Just fine. And it's good. Ah, ah, the Taylor boys are going to the Super Bowl. It really like I'm not a sports expert, but this pass is just fucking baller. I think we've found like Mark's hidden talent. I mean, he does have mutant powers. Well, yeah, yeah, but he's his secondary mutations coming out and it's throwing touchdown passes. Yeah, guiding them with his mind. But yeah, he throws it and like Randy catches <laughs> it going it. around the corner yeah oh. so they t- they really utilize the entire uh backyard section well the entire segment of the backyard that we can see yeah right um but as randy's running toward the camera it's to you know kind of move the camera to the door that jill is working on uh fixing the doorknob yeah um and this brings me to uh, an issue i've had all throughout this season um that i continue to have here which is tim Gets off scot-free. Oh, yeah. And Jill is doing the thing that he was supposed to do, and he has no consequences of this. Yeah, basically that. There, this At no point does this episode reckon with the fact that Tim has been neglecting his responsible duties as a husband and handyman in order to fuck around in the garage no. with a hot rod. And Jill fixes it, and it works beautifully. As she gets up and walks in toward the, the kitchen, 
Tim's like, isn't that great? This is, you know, how we get the chores done around here. Teamwork. Yeah. And it's just like, no, that is all Jill work. You did nothing except postpone how long it's been since it needed to be fixed. This is how we get the chores done around here. I neglect them, and then Jill eventually jumps in to fill the breach. Jill, who is raising three children, working outside the home, and now also doing shit that I should be doing. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so I, I this just a continuing irksomeness I have with Tim. Yes. So he walks in talking about how great stove's fixed, door's fixed, and then we've even uh, figured out how to how to fix the ice cube dispenser. And he is yeah. he has hooked up a vacuum tube uh, or like the the vacuum hose to the ice dispenser, and it, so it will shoot ice cubes out across the room. He calls it the Tim Taylor Party Tube, which let's be real is his nickname for his penis. Uh, <laughs> there's no way that it's anything but that. Uh, but so he has he has Brad go long and shoots an ice cube across the room yeah. that he catches in his glass. And that's a little practical effect. I mean, yeah, they didn't actually looks- shoot uh, an ice cube, but I have to imagine they put some sort of like uh, air blast inside the cup that Brad was holding yeah. um, to make the, the water shoot out. Yeah. Um, however, if we're bringing this back to like, okay, they're splitting the duties of fixing up the house together. Jill fixes the the doorknob tim adds a tube to the ice dispenser you have made it ineffectual you've done worse work than something else jill's just gonna have to fix a long tube that that hangs off of the front of the refrigerator and basically is coiled up on the floor between the fridge and the kitchen island blocking a means of transit (laughs) through the house something that's going to trip people there's a liability risk it also makes it harder to open the refrigerator door so you you've only broken the refrigerator further is what you've done yeah pretty much uh but we can't forget in the background of every single episode since then, his one thing that he's made work is that the washing and drying machine. Yeah, with the automatic bleach and yeah. whatever else adder. So good for you, Tim. You're one for uh, a yeah, billion. Yeah. Um, and that's you know we get the the ice cube shot as our. Um, does do we get a transition out of that? Nah, I don't even remember, man. Okay. We go we go into the. <laughs> uh, we, so something from that takes us into the garage. Yeah, we go to our stinger, which is Tim in the garage, uh, and he's finally got the hot rod ready to go. Yeah, and he goes along rambling a lot about how he wants to savor this moment and how one piece came from, you know, ah, the, the pistons from Cleveland and the, the this thing comes from Tulsa yeah. and another thing from, you know, big just shout out to the, to the Midwest. And just, like, just start it. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, um, you know, starts me up. It's exactly and, how that goes. Oh yeah, it's exactly. I'm a regular. I'm a regular. Uh, regular. Um, Mick Jagger. That's the one. That's the guy from the Rolling Stones. <laughs> good thing I talked all the way through that, so there's not a good edit point to make me sound smarter. I would say you're you're like a Rolling Stone. Oh, but that's a Bob Dylan song. Moss grows fat on me, as Don <laughs> McLean said. There you go. Uh, so they. Yeah, so he turns on the the engine and it roars to life. Everyone's super impressed, and then we get like the most dignified tool timey or like home improvement. What? It almost sounded like music. Christmas music. It was. It was like, or it's like what would play at your home improvement themed wedding when the bride is getting walked down the aisle. 
It does. It's almost got like a march to it. Yeah. Or, or like when when we finish this podcast and we are graduating in front of all our friends and family, that's what's gonna play as we're like in our caps and gowns walking down to shake hands with uh, Tim Allen and I guess Carmen Finiestra and get our diplomas. Uh, yeah, it was very weirdly like dignified uh, home improvement music. Yeah. Uh, it was very bizarre, not fitting, but the hot rod starts, so we now have a working hot rod. Yeah, and, you know... You can't, it's not drivable yet. There's no seats or uh, a frame on Well, the frame's there. Yeah. The body of it isn't there. I mean, technically, it could be... Well, there's no steering wheel. You're right. You gotta get it's the... It's not end. street legal, is basically what I'm saying. Not that that would ever stop Tim. That lawnmower <laughs> wasn't street legal either. Fair, fair point. Um, Where is that? Uh, lawnmower? Yeah, now? that lawnmower. I mean, it, you don't park... Riding lawnmowers outside, especially not in Detroit. You know, I imagine that there's probably a massive shed somewhere in the oh, other 20 like acres of that mm. backyard that we don't see. Yeah, I don't know. I, there is a lot of uh, uh, codes in Michigan that don't allow you to put sheds on your property. Really? Yeah. There was one in uh, our subdivision. Well, thanks for nothing, Governor Rick Snyder. Come <laughs> on. Uh, just to trim out the red tape. Let me build a shed. Why can't I have a shed? Come on, why would they limit someone from building a shed on their own property? Well, uh, maybe they know that there's a, an influx of possible serial killers. Yeah, probably uh, true, probably true. In the yeah. Area. Well, you know, hey, look, man. Randy ruins, ru- ruins it for... Ra- Randy Rooney? <laughs> you know what I like about murdering people? <laughs> there it you, is. You can just steal their souls afterwards. <laughs> you, know, you know, some people say that when you murder someone, you actually get uh, an extra 10,000 years in paradise. Other people don't say that because they don't subscribe to my twisted vision for why I should kill people. <laughs> That's been Randy Rooney. You know what I like about running gags? Especially at the end of a very long episode. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, this takes us to the the outtakes. Oh, yeah. A which, weird little... What, what was happening here? Uh, Jill... Okay, Tim walks in and finds Gus working on the stove. He says, oh, hey, Gus, you want a beer? Uh, And he says, yeah, sure. And Tim goes, okay, I'll grab one. The cold ones are in the back. He opens the refrigerator, walks into the refrigerator, disappears into the refrigerator, closes the door behind him. Gus (laughs) looks at the camera. Uh, Then Jill comes in and goes, hey, where's Tim? And Gus goes, oh, he went in the refrigerator. And then Jill goes, oh, you know, yeah, he's probably pretty far back there. Let me go check on him. And then she gets in the refrigerator, too. And Gus looks at the camera. And then Tim gets out with a beer and walks away. Now, do you think that this gag was uh, orchestrated just for the guest star? Like, do you think he was in on it? Or what the hell was going on here? I don't know. Just a bunch of fun. Like, why waste the crew's time doing something like this? They need... I don't even know, man. It's one of those things... That noise is is precisely... (laughs) That's our new theme song. Uh, yeah, I, I don't... Juan is here. Watch out. <laughs> I don't know why it happened, but it happened. Yeah. The 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 Home Improvement Season 2 story. <laughs> um, Does this mean that they have access to the void and they can go visit the transitions whenever they through, through the refrigerator? Yeah. Uh, you know, what I like to think is there 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 is a overpriced speakeasy type bar in LA called Good Times at Davy Wayne's where <laughs> the way you get it, you go into like a... You enter it by opening a refrigerator in some weird shop front space and walking through it, and then it's a bar modeled after some dude's basement. Oh, there's one like that uh, right around the corner here that's a barber shop that you walk oh, into. Oh, that's really cool. We yeah. should uh, we should head there sometime. Yeah. 
Um, I'm not asking you out. We, we Landon <laughs> and I hang out otherwise. Uh, but so maybe what I, I see that and I just think, oh, okay, they must have a speakeasy in their basement. I mean, it would make sense. <laughs> it's very true. Or maybe it's just one of their fuck spots. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real one. And of course, there'd be cold <laughs> beers in there because you know what Tim wants right afterwards. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Did we cover everything that you have in your notes for we, this episode? We covered absolutely everything. Do we have enough material that you can cut this down to an appropriate size? Uh, yes, I will. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I do have one last question for you. Ask me that question. If you had to count how many grunts existed in this episode, would it have been the number three? It would not have been the number three. Oh, no. It, the number of grunts that there would be, it wouldn't be nine, and it wouldn't be 11, and 9-11 was an inside job. It, I don't actually believe that. I'm not Roseanne Barr. It would be 10. Can jet fuel melt tens? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it can't, because when something is a perfect 10, jet fuel can't melt it. I hope it's been long enough for us to be kind of glib about 9-11, but... Uh, we're not about 9-11, we're about the conspirators. Okay, you're, you're right, you're yeah. right. 9-11 was a tragedy, 9-11 conspiracy theories are ripe for humor. There you go. I, I think that's... Uh, you heard, it, heard it here, maybe not first, but... So what, I'm, so what I'm trying to say by that is there were 10 grunts in this episode, totally stayed on track with that bit. Fantastic. Excellent. Ten uh, episodes. Or yeah. Ten grunts. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Okay, yeah, let's... Before we fuck up anymore, let's end this. You can find all sorts of information about this episode and more on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. There you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter, which is the best way to be notified of new episodes and get cut up with all the other shenanigans that we do. And we do so many. <laughs> uh, we've launched a merchandise page filled to the brim with home improvements, uh, paraphernalia. Is that what I want to go? Yeah, I think that's where uh, I want to go. Curated from Amazon, which... I feel about Amazon, but uh, yeah. you know what? It helps us. It helps support the show uh, if you buy stuff through them because it yeah gets us a little cash. So it, it doesn't it doesn't help America because they don't pay taxes. Yeah, but you can so, help us. Like you know, I, I it's a moral gray area for me. Yeah, yeah, you know, put put more money in Jeff Bezos's pocket so we cannot pay his warehouse workers with it. But you're paying us with it. So and pay- we're your work, we're your grunt work workers. Yeah, we're taking the grunts and putting them in the boxes and sending them to your house <laughs> within two days. <laughs> oh, I don't feel good about this uh, riff at all. But- I haven't felt good about the last 20 minutes of our riffs. We are definitely dying. <laughs> Uh, if you enjoy this show, uh, please share it wherever you can and consider leaving us a, an iTunes review. Uh, these are the things that really help others find us in this vast space of the internet. Um, plus, remember, every time that you spread the word about us, we'll let you play with Tim Taylor's party tube. I think we need consent on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do, certainly. But I think Tim is going to give it to us. Uh, You can also follow us on all the various social media places, which is at GruntWorkPod. And with that, you've been... Truman Caps. And you've been... Truman Caps. And we've been... Truman Caps. (laughs) For Grunt Work. (laughs) For Grunt Work, we're all the same person. (laughs) 